Welcome back to Winning with Connections, the WWC podcast. Today we have Mike Groschel uh, from IEX, who we had on the podcast uh, just over a year ago now, um, in August of 2020, when he had just been the CEO of IEX for just over a year at that point. They were going gangbusters for a lot of reasons that if you listen to the last podcast, you'll understand he, he really set up everything strategically to take off and be in growth mode literally from the first day that he acquired the firm. So we wanted to do an update and see where Mike is, where IEX is. And there's been some some major press around some of the wins that they've gotten. So wanted to catch up with Mike, see how he's doing and what has gotten him to the point that he is now. So welcome, Mike. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thank you so much, Lauren, for having me back. It's definitely been a fun ride over this last year to 18 months. So we're, uh, you know, we're definitely heading in the right direction as a business, as I like to say, despite my best efforts, <laughs> the, the company seems to be uh, getting better and better on a regular basis. So really appreciate the opportunity to come back. So wait, you've gotten, there's some press around where you are and what you've done, including some Tampa press about your growth. Can you tell me? Yes. So uh, yeah, we were awarded as the fastest growing business in Tampa Bay. I think somewhere around 840% growth over the last two years. So that was uh, really amazing. Honestly, I I knew that obviously the company had grown and and that we were doing well, but I, I really hadn't thought about it in those types of numbers previously. And when we were told we were one of the fastest growing businesses by the Tampa Bay Business Journal. I was just excited to to be on the list and and I was, you know, secretly hoping we'd be in the top 25 and and maybe in the top 10 just cuz I thought it'd be really cool to tell my dad that we were in the top 10. And then as they kept going down the list, they go from 50 all the way to 1. I was literally kind of in shock and finally when they announced number 2, I was sitting there you know, and it was all virtual because of COVID. And so I'm in like shorts and a t-shirt, just kind of watching this thing online. And I'm like, holy bleep, we we won. So it was uh, it was pretty amazing. And I, I hadn't really told a lot of people about it. And that's how I started letting them know. And they were like, what, you were on a list? And then obviously it was, it was really an amazing honor. So it's been great. That's huge. I remember getting the text from you when you got it and I was pretty amazed. I mean, that's, that's, a huge accomplishment to turn around and say, you know, I am the top growing business in a market that has a number of growing businesses. And really as a market, you know, Tampa Bay is growing substantially. So for you to be the the fastest growing business here, pretty remarkable. And you've gotten a number of, we were actually talking before we got on the podcast about the stuff that, you know, early, early in our careers, a million dollar award, a $2 million award is is a big deal. And we just got a, a $15 million award this morning. And that used to be the biggest award we had by far. And now it's like, yeah, that's, that's a good, nice little award. And you had the same thing happen the other day for you, I think. Yeah. Pretty- so uh, as a company, we had our largest award ever. So I'm certainly super proud of the, of the company. But, but yeah, we actually got a $30 million award just a few weeks ago. And the employees can certainly verify that I am the worst winner ever because we win and I'm immediately on to what it is that 
you know, we have to do and sending out every message about, well, here's what was in the transition plan and here's what we have to do and here's who's in charge of this and, you know, kind of trying to get the ball rolling, you know, 10 seconds later. You don't take the time to celebrate. No, I'm very bad at that. And honestly, that's actually something I probably legitimately need to spend some real time doing a better job of and maybe even less for myself, but just for the team, obviously, to let them celebrate their amazing accomplishments. But yeah, so I agree with you, though. It's it's definitely something that I think we, you kind of get to this point where you expect to win. Uh, I definitely take the losses a lot harder than I take the upside of the wins. So, you know, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. No, it's I mean, somehow it becomes standard, right? It becomes, well, yeah, of course we got the $30 million win, which is remarkable because you're a fairly new business, right? That A $30 million win for a small business is remarkable. But your largest win was how much? Uh, the largest one I've ever written was uh, $76 million. And then we won a $350 million full and open IDIQ since the last time we talked. We haven't won, obviously, $350 million worth of work on it yet, knock wood. But we did win a, 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 a full and open IDIQ competing against the Lidoses and Paratons and Jacobs of the world. And we have won task orders competing directly against them. And I, I very much relish those uh, and I relish the opportunity to to show a customer that our processes and methods are as good or better than theirs. And I think some of that's just because we obviously can be so involved to a level that, you know, their leadership maybe isn't. But that's that's definitely something that I really love to do is win full and open work. That's our that's our real goal and destiny as a business. Yep. And and that's the secret, right? We you've got to do the full and open in order to 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 make it out of that small business kind of the place that only you play in small business. If you only play small business, you know, we we talked about at some point you selling that company that that doesn't happen. If you only go through small business at some point if you're good, you're not a small business anymore. And then you're kind of staring in in the face of, wait a second, now I really have to figure out how to do full and open. So if you're doing it now, that's pretty impressive. And and winning not just the the IDIQ, but the task orders is is huge. Yeah, there's definitely that chasm that exists between, you know, being a really successful small business and being a large business. And I think we we identified that like a lot of companies do pretty early on and really focused on like finding some niches where winning a full and open contract wasn't something that would be totally, you know, outside of the ordinary. So we, we've got two full and open IDIQs right now. One is is pretty small, all things considered, but it's hopefully going to get recompeted here soon. And then we'll have the opportunity to to grow that again. Uh, and then the other one is that $350 million one. And I think you can just end up with customers that really trust what you can do and execute. And then those become the past performances that let you compete for the really crazy ones. So that's really our our goal is to get to that point where we can compete for the large contracts. That's awesome. I, I mean, really what you have been able to do, again, two years into your your tenure and, and again, the there's the whole history that we talked about on the last podcast, but you bought into this firm 
just about two years ago, just over two years ago, and it was a firm that was not profitable, and you bought into it to to have the access to the pieces that were really important, the facility security clearance, all of the accounting system, all that kind of stuff that you, you didn't have to then build yourself, but you turned it from struggling to profitable or, or at least bringing in revenue and, and being able to quickly turn profitable almost overnight. And I still, you know, I, I, I said, I, I don't love giving you kudos because I, I don't like feeding your ego because, <laughs> you know, you've got a good, you got a good size ego, which everyone in an entrepreneurial realm has to. And I joke around with you because you and I are very good friends. And so I, I, I can kind of poke you at that. But but truly, one of the smartest business moves I saw anyone make, and I, I mentor and counsel and kind of talk to a lot of small businesses who are really have the right pieces of it, but you were able to kind of supercharge it with this move that you made in buying this firm that had the pieces and then taking it and, and moving it forward, which is pretty amazing. But you've done it. So you're now coming up on... How many FTEs? We're getting very close to breaking 100 organic employees. So I think when we talked last year, we were in the 30s. And so, so yeah, so we're, we're definitely headed in the right direction. And, you know, I, I think it, it does take, and, and you kind of mentioned it, and I don't think it's wrong to mention it, that the ego side of it, you have to really, I think, have this sort of belief that you can do it. Yeah. Right. That there's there's no there's nothing besides myself that's going to prevent me from doing it. But you also ironically have to be your own worst critic. And I think I'd like to believe people like you that know me well know that even though I do have a strong belief in what I'm doing, I'm also probably sometimes to a borderline unhealthy level, incredibly critical of myself and what it is that I can do to, to be better, you know, right or wrong we've obviously done really well, particularly recently in the last several months, but, you know, we've also had one loss that I really, you know, hated. And I probably spend way more time thinking about that than I do about any of the wins. In fact, I know I do because it's constantly like, what could we have done different? What was the, a better way to approach this particular opportunity to sharpen the sword for the next one? Right. So even though, you know, we're going to walk away from that one, because, you know, we didn't win, I, I still expect to win the next one. And so, you know, and I think that's part of the, you know, I guess being a bad winner is that you just kind of have to expect that you're going to be successful. So I think that's a big, a big part of it. Yeah, it, it's funny. First and foremost, I, I think a lot of us are bad winners. We're not great losers either, although I, I talk a lot and I actually just told one of the other owners that that lost a a big contract reaward that she lost it on price. And it was literally a, a, an award that she would have lost money if she had bid the price that won. And the firm who won it actually says they're going to lose money on it, but wanted the win anyway, which I don't quite understand. But those are good losses. And I am actually better at losing in those cases than I am at winning because, you know, we get an award, we woohoo. Let's go. And that literally the 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 first email, great job guys, 
is in my mind, not where we should, you know, we should be celebrating these things, but I'm terrible at it as well. And I think a lot of us are, it's one of the things that you said you're working on. I'm, I'm working on too, is making sure we take time and say, Hey, wait a second. We just did something good here. Right. And when you gather it all together in particular, not just one win, but Hey, wait a second, you know, over the last six months, we won X amount or we won, you know, 50% of the stuff that we went after, whatever the metric is, stopping and taking stock of that, figuring out not only why you didn't do well, which is much easier for those of us who are perfectionists, but why you did do well and celebrating that you did do well is really critical. Yeah, and I think it's all, it also, I think, depends on on the role that someone plays in a company, right? So I'm definitely a role player in this organization. Yes, I'm the CEO, but we have a great team of people. And Mm. my particular role is that growth side of the business and growing the contracts and, and, you know, helping select the customers and, and those kinds of things. So I think that's also just, you know, I always like the phrase where you sit is where you stand. That's really also a big factor for me. That's my job to do that. We have a phenomenal COO who manages the execution on the contracts, which is going uh, incredibly well on the work that we have. We have a fantastic CFO who's really managing the the office and the, the, the inner workings of the business, which is also uh, incredibly successful. And so with that, you know, it's it's almost hard because I, I you know, my failures, if you will, ha- have just a little bit more of a, they're seen a little bit more. And so, you know, I just take that personal and, and but, you know, in a lot of ways, in a good way and just want to go forward and, and move on. But we really, we kind of constructed this idea and it's really formed itself pretty significantly over the last year. And I know I've talked to you about this offline before, and it's exciting to talk about it on the podcast where I call it grow, manage, operate. And yep. so in the the growth phase, right? So I look at running a company in this industry is really those three things, right? That Those are the three things that have to happen for your company to be successful. So like I said, growth, that ability to, to find a customer who wants to buy what you're selling is critical. Without that, the rest of it doesn't matter because you don't have anything to sell. But once you do that, you have to be able to manage the work that you have, right? So you promised the customer you were going to do something. Now you have to actually deliver it and you have to have the right people to deliver whatever that final thing is that you said you were going to deliver, whether that services a product, it doesn't matter. And then the last thing is operate. And I think that's actually the, the biggest area where a lot of people in this industry that I observe fail or have weaknesses. And that's an area where I think we that has been critical to our success. And operate is that ecosystem that goes around that entire grow and manage process. So it's it's the finance team, it's the HR functions, it's all of the things that make the business be able to actually successfully operate as a business. Otherwise, one of the people that we work with in the banking industry, she had a great phrase recently when we were talking where she said, you don't have a company, you have a contract. Talking about uh, people that show up and you know want to get financing with them and they have a customer um, who has you know faith in them and wants to give them work and they have certain financials to back that up but all they have is that and they don't have any of the infrastructure or the processes or the methods that's something like a bank needs to give you a multi-million dollar line of credit um 
And so that's been huge for us is that uh, that operate side for our business is is through the roof. And as we have won some of these contracts, it's not just that won them, but we've been able to just absolutely crush the transition process of taking over those contracts, hiring those new people, filling in new people and just growing as a business. And that is really the key, right? That's the the rungs of the ladder that you have to run up quickly to be able to get more and more work. And that happened to us recently on this on this transition for this, you know, $30 million contract where we our team really had a, a great way that we executed that transition. We had, you know, a dedicated transition manager, dedicated financial analyst to make sure that we got everything executed financially out the gate. Um, a dedicated recruiter. We've kind of refined a, a very specific method that we use for transition, and we had prepared for it. We had used it on some smaller contracts in the past and learned some things. And then when this large contract came in, we were able to just absolutely annihilate that entire process and transition a, a nearly 30 FTE contract inside of a week. And the customer just, you know, loved it. And that was great. It was a great culmination of all of the work that we had talked about in my phase, which is the growth proposal phase, right? I'm out there selling to the customer all these great methods we can use to transition a contract. And, you know, most of the time it's kind of roll your eyes and like, I'm sure you could do that. And then the management team, right, had just been sharpening the sword and just ready to get in there and, and yep. actually do it and and really do it on a contractual basis. And that operate team is in the same vein, right? Like we're ready to catch, like we can do this when it happens. And it, it did happen and they did a great job. Yeah, it, it's funny when we got our first contract or first very large contract, I shouldn't say first contract. Frankly, probably our, our you know, large contract that changed us was a lot more work and a lot more people who were working, but it was still grit and tenacity to get our our transition done. Lately for us, and I think what you're saying here is you've now got the process such that, you know, for, for me, over the last two years, I don't go to every internal kickoff meeting. I don't have to get involved. I don't stay awake the night that we get a contract award for 15 or 30 or 70 million even and go, okay, what needs to get done? Because it's all done. It's all ready. We know the process and we follow it for the $2 million contracts or the $200,000 contracts, as well as we do for the $200 million contracts. And so that operating, that being able to actually execute, it's not the proposal language, right? That everyone talks about. I remember sitting with another firm that we were going to do work with and they were like, oh, that's just proposal language. Yeah, we don't do that, right? We don't do just proposal language. If we say we're going to do it in the proposal, we're doing it. And so if you've got that to back it up and you don't have to be the one, you know, the CEO doesn't have to be the one actually executing every piece of everything because you've got that that back office, then you get, and I want you to read because I, I saw you, you told me about it and I want you to actually read the the quote you got from the, the customer because it's pretty impressive. But if you can get that, then the BD side becomes easier because you've proven it. You're not doing proposal language. It's not rolling your eyes and going, yeah, 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 I'm sure you'll do that because you actually got it. You proved it. 
and certainly to the same customer, they're going to turn around and be like, oh, IEX, they know what they're doing. They, they, they just kicked that, that other contract off and they, they killed it. So I want you to tell me what the, what the customer said for that, that transition, because I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, no, it was really great. And it was it was almost ironically kind of an offhanded compliment, if you will, or started as one. And then and then they kind of put it in writing in an email to us. But we were able to transition this contract. And, and it's one of the sort of pieces of background information is the contract had nearly 30 people on it. And when we took it over, there were nine vacancies. And the customer had this requirement that we'd be 100% staffed on day one. And they reminded us of that about five minutes after they sent us the congratulations, you won (laughs) email. They were like, hey, by the way, you start in eight days and this contract has to be 100% staffed on day one. And at first we said, okay, great. And then we found out how many people were missing and we were like, oh, that's going to be challenging. And we had done a lot of preparation for it. So It wasn't that we didn't have a lot of great resumes or a lot of great possible candidates. We did. We wouldn't have been able to do what we did if we hadn't had those. But it was one of those things where that was we were staring down the barrel of a gun at that one for sure. And before I get into the quote, I actually want to throw out a shout out to a business that you and I both know, which is Greg Celestan and Celestar. They had competed against us on that contract. And they did one of the most professional things I've ever seen another business do in the industry. And I was blown away by it. And I personally sent Greg a note about it because I was just so impressed by by him and his business. And there's actually one caveat to what he did that I think is even more impressive that I didn't know at the time. And I think it just speaks to the culture of their business, which is even better. But we won. And after they you know, decided that, you know, that it, they weren't going to protest and they were going to move forward, they said they contacted all of their candidates that they had and told them that we were the winner, gave them our contact information and told them to reach out to us because obviously because we were the winner, we would be a potential place for them to get a job. And we had a huge influx of highly qualified candidates on top of the ones that we already had. And it was uh, it was amazing. It allowed us to pick the best possible people to execute the government's mission and it's just an amazing thing. I mean, we're all very competitive in this industry. Uh, you know, it's how we make a living. It's how we provide for our families. And for someone to do that and send those people over to us was just an incredible thing. And and the one thing that I didn't know until after I reached out to Greg about it was he didn't tell them to do that. He's just created a culture and an organization yep. where his team did that on their own yep. because they knew that that's what he would want them to do. And that to me really speaks very highly of him. Uh, it's just someone who I've known and admired for a number of years, regardless of that, but just really highly to the culture. And, and that was a great you know, lesson point for me as someone who's trying to grow a company that hopefully has a great culture. And I actually went out of the way to tell our staff about it and, and how great I thought that was to try to drive home that same type of message. Like, hey, this is the type of organization we want to be. So sorry to take that on a tangent quickly, but I was just something- no, no. That- I and you will you will always hear me sing Greg's praises because he has been a a mentor and a friend for years and did well more than anyone could have expected anyone to do for us um, and I see him doing it for a lot of other firms in Tampa and around the GovCon space so huge fan huge shout out to to Greg and his team Lori Lou they they really are. We talked in the in the old pot in the first podcast about the firms that are really quality firms that are really good to work with. 
And then the ones that do really well, but leave a bad taste in your mouth, he is top of the heap on the on the first one. I completely agree. But so so we got through that transition like we were talking about and the customer sent us uh, an email and and uh, he and I, I'll paraphrase it a little bit because it, but it says what what IEX did was amazing. IEX transitioned all incumbents and hired new nine new employees inside of a week. IEX was ahead of the government on every step from CAC cards to badges to submitting key personnel resumes. This is the most seamless transition I've ever seen. I wish they were all like this. And that was just a really cool thing to hear for the team. And and look, as someone who writes the proposals, I was very quick to be like, I'm really glad we got that in writing because that's going to get quoted <laughs> in my next yeah. proposal. And that's what we want, right? And it's, it's such a great thing to be able to look at, you know, or, or provide that to a customer and say, hey, look, like here's a really cool thing that we did previously that we think legitimately like can give you some some information to back up that when we say we can do a transition, it's not just yep. a bunch of cool pictures and a, you know, a Gantt chart and some fluffy words about how great we are at transition. Like here's a transition we actually executed. So it was really great to hear that because it, it really does validate for us that our process works, right? We spent a lot of time and energy and effort on that process. So it's nice to know that we didn't waste that time. And then also it helps us, you know, talk to future customers about, hey, this is what we can do, right? That's got to be the biggest fear for any government person when they give a contract, particularly to a small business Mm -hmm. that they've never done business before is, I'm giving you my most precious resource, which is our people. Please don't screw this up. And the more you can give them examples of how you're not going to screw it up, I think the better it's going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I got to tell you, I have been watching you soar on this journey that you're on and it has been truly so fun to watch from a friend perspective, just watching you do it, watching you pull it off is pretty darn impressive. And so I wanted to kind of take the time, let everyone else know how you're doing, what you're doing, and really kind of celebrate the, the success that you've had so far. Any last parting words for those firms who are trying to to break in, those firms that are kind of in the, in the process of this, any last words of advice from you? I think the biggest one and our company is, is literally built on it is find really good people to, to help you go through that grow, manage, operate sort of thing, right? If, if you're the leader of that organization, you fall into one or two of those buckets. And as you're very small, you're going to fall into all three buckets for a while, but but really spend a lot of time being self-critical on those three things and where you're good and where your other teammates can pick up the slack because it's not necessarily where you're the best, or maybe it's not even necessarily what you enjoy the most, which I think is really important. But once you do that, then you're really in a situation where you can you know, grow that organization the way that you want to. So that would be the biggest thing is, is find really good people who are good at the things that you're not good at or that you don't enjoy doing as much and then enable them to, to help you. And I think if you do that, you'll certainly have a really good fighting chance, which in this world, that, that's kind of all the best you can hope for is that you're just going to have a fighting chance to be successful. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, look, there's there's a there's still a lot of luck in this. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of strategery. If I can go back to George W. But there's a lot of luck that happens as well. There's a lot of timing. 
and just a lot of tenacity. So you have clearly hit all of that well for you to be where you are two years in. You know, I, I hope it, it's not too obnoxious today. I'm really proud to see what you've done because uh, I've been watching it from well before you started this. And I, I was pretty confident you would do well, but I, I got to tell you, I under, underestimated where you would go and as really more as quickly as you would get there, but you never did. So this is definitely one of those success stories in GovCon, and I'm glad that we got to tell it on the podcast. Thank you very much for the time. I really appreciated it. And uh, yeah, just a great team of people. And thank you for everything that you've done for us. Happy to watch. Thanks again. And and I hope everyone uh, enjoyed listening to this update from IEX. They're great.